Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Mama? I am ready. Then let's go. Let's go back to the fatherland. Okay. We are going to 1838 Germany. I guess technically it's my it's your fatherland and my motherland. Although <laughs> apparently there is a sliver in my fatherland as well. Yeah. So, oh. We are okay. Count Orlock summons Hutter, a young newly married real estate agent, to his remote Transylvania castle. Orlock plans to buy a house near Hutter and his bride Ellen. What? What could go wrong? (laughs) We are doing the 1922 film Nosferatu. Colon, a symphony of horror. (laughs) And I thought, if this is horror, I can do horror. (laughs) I know. I was saying, do you think back then when this came out, people were like scared to death? Yes. They were really scared. Yeah. Whereas wow. I laughed through the whole thing. I got, I got creeped out by things. I was I turned all the lights off. Mm-hmm. I was watching it Friday night. And I got creeped out. Like I wasn't I, I would make myself laugh and stuff. I was I had a running commentary going throughout it, you know. But I did get creeped out by things. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Again, teeny again. Teeny just coming through again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, particulars. Okay, particulars. Um, Nosferatu colon a symphony of horror was released on March 5th, 1922 in Germany. Directed by F.W. Murnau. The F.W. stands for Frederick Wilhelm. So, yeah, got a lot of German names in here. He's a German director. Um, he directed uh, in Germany Faust and other German silent films. And then he went to Hollywood in 1926 and directed City Girl, Four Devils, Sunrise. Um, Sunrise is a film that we'll probably have to do at some point because film scholars call it one of the greatest films of all time. I think like it's uh, it's very renowned. I've come across this name, the movie named Sunrise in some of the readings I've done about like silent film. And it's supposed to, I guess, hold up nicely. He shared the best Oscar. So Sunrise shared the best Oscar because they didn't have a best Oscar picture that very first year. Because remember, we did Wings and Wings Mm -hmm. won the best picture. Um Sunrise got the Academy Award for Unique and Artistic Production Mm. that year. Um, Nerd Alert, F.W. Murnau was in World War I. He was in the German Army's Flying Corps, and he survived eight crashes with no serious injuries. Dang. Yeah. Those were just those little tiny airplanes. Yeah, just crashing down to the earth. Like, oh, I crashed again. Yeah, oh well. 
no serious injuries. At one point, he crashed and was taken as a prisoner of war. And in the POW camp, he was involved in the prisoner theater group and wrote a film script. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't play. <laughs> Yeah, like let's just put on a show. I don't know if he was into film prior to that, or if it was just I've had I've done a lot of crashes. What am I gonna do after this? Maybe get into film. But the film business was isn't like it is now, you know. So that it, that it's just interesting to me. Unfortunately, mm. at the age of forty-two, he hired a Rolls Royce to drive him. Um, I think from to Los Angeles. I think he was going to Santa Barbara, and it was driven by a 14-year-old Filipino boy. Oh my God! And he crashed into an electric pole on the PCH, and apparently that was just one too many crashes for old <laughs> FW. <laughs> so he was uh, taken out the game at 42. Wow! Fell out of the air four times, but. Eight. Eight times. Eight times. Eight times. Damn. But then, you know, he uh, got a little too greedy there. He was like, oh, you, you child, you look like you can drive. Drive this Rolls Royce. Um, He directed 21 films, but eight of those are completely lost. Lost in time. The screenplay is by Henrik Galline. He he is the one that changed the name from Dracula to Nosferatu. Mm. Um, he also wrote The Gollum, Ruth's Two Husbands, and The Student of Prague. This is an unlicensed and unauthorized adaptation of the 1897 novel Dracula by Bram Stoker. Mm-hmm. And Bram Stoker died in 1912, but his widow, Florence, did not. And... She called it. She brought in the big guns after this movie came out. The yes. music is by Hans Erd, Erdman. Ah, butchered that. He also did The Testament of Dr. Mabuse and Augustus the Strong. The director of photography is Fritz Arno Wagner, who also did M. He was the director of oh. photography on M. And The Testament of Dr. Mabuse and Spies. And Nerd Alert, um, about give or take 20 plus years after FW had his last crash, my man Fritz also died in a car accident. Damn. Yeah. So thank God for car safety. I know. Yeah. It's kind of weird that, it, well, I mean, there really shouldn't be a law that you have to wear a seatbelt, but there is a law you have to wear a seatbelt because people don't wear seatbelts. Right. You know? Even with the law, some people don't wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Um, starring Matt Shrek as Count Orlock. This is his best known role. He also was uh, in The Miser, The Pink Diamond, and Must We Get Divorced? Hmm. <laughs> he was in a lot of films. Um, Gustav von Wagenheim as Thomas Hutter. He was in over 200 films from 1910 to 1960. He was in The Fire Ship, The Stone Rider, Nerd Alert. So, you know, given this time, the 1920s, and what's around the corner, and this is a German mm-hmm. film, I did have to go and look like, all right, well, wh- what became of you? 
what, what did uh, what did you go and do? Mm. You know? Um, so Uh-oh. he was a communist and he fled when the Nazis came to power because the Nazis did not like the communists. And so he fled to the Soviet Union. And then he may have allegedly snitched on his other friends when uh, Stalin was out there being Stalin and like no. rounding up people who weren't super low. You know, you know, the whole thing that Stalin did with that, like killing millions of people. Yeah. Um, so, like he, uh, yeah, so he kind of uh, may have snitched on his two best friends oh. and they ended up dying in the old gulag. And then uh, he ended up in East Germany. Oh, we have Greta Schroeder as Ellen Hutter. Ooh. She she oh, was in. Man. Yeah, outstanding. Oh, you didn't think so? She was a looker. <laughs> oh, I thought she did a great job. She 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 was. I mean, she, she wasn't pretty. But but you know it was like but it wasn't her fault it was her hair's fault she would have looked perfectly fine they had to go use her hair like that why would you ever do your hair like that I with those weird I I did the weird curls and then I have this curl that's just like it I'm like oh man no well yeah now put the back of it in a ponytail and wrap it up well that's how I wore it last week it's (laughs) yeah well you might want to reconsider. That's no, I don't know what they were doing. It was terrible. It was. Yes. It looks like she just never got finished getting ready. <laughs> no, those like cool. she was getting ready for her wedding, and then they stopped. Well, I'm, I'm guessing too that this uh, that she was probably the only woman, woman except for her friend that was also like yeah. her friend in the movie. Like, what the hell are you guys doing to my hair? Yeah, so I'm guessing that they didn't really have a big um hair and makeup thing i'm guessing that no. fw murnau and all them weren't big on like oh let's make sure her hair you know they were kind of f- more folk you could tell they were absolutely more focused on yeah. warlocks look you know yes yes she was also in the closed chain circus of life and 60 glorious mm-hmm. alexander granach as he was knock he was uh-huh. also in Nanachka, oh. which we did. He was also in Camera Obscura and Camerada Shaft. John Gatout was Professor Bolver. He is brother-in-law to screenwriter Heinrich Galen. He was Jewish and in 1933 was banned from acting and ended up being killed by an SS officer while hiding in Poland, disguised as a Roman Catholic priest. Wow. So, that. And Fanny Schreck was the hospital nurse, and in real life, she was the husband of Max Schreck. So. She was the husband. Of the actor who played Orlock. In real life. So his real-life wife, the guy that played Count Orlock's real-life wife, was also in the film as the hospital nurse. Thank you. Okay. And those are the particulars. Well, I will attempt to set the table. We meet a young couple who are very much in love. Hooter is a naive young man who works in real estate. 
he is told to travel to Transylvania to meet Count Orlock, who wishes to buy a house in Wiesborg, Germany, where Hutter lives with his wife. But no one can outrun their fate. So begins the tale of Count Orlock's plan to taste the blood of Ellen. Well, POC. Ooh. Did we say that this was made in Germany in 1922? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's no people of color. Although, there is a lot of cast. There is a lot of cast. Go for it. Okay, so Transylvania, which is in modern-day Romania. So Transylvania isn't exactly close to Germany. It's a bit of a trek. Um, But one of the titles says Transylvania, the land of thieves and phantoms. So already, mm-hmm. already we're like just playing into that, you know. Um, you know that there is a Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. Yes. Mm, sounds spooky. Yeah. It is spooky. Fear of the other. Um, there is. Okay. So I, when I was watching this and we see Orlock. His dress and getup reminded me of the remember the villains dress and getup in Babes in Toyland, and how I felt mm-hmm. uncomfortable with it because mm-hmm. I was like, "Is this? This seems very anti-Semitic to me." But then yeah. I was like, "Is yeah, that the- me being anti-Semitic?" And no, apparently it's not. So. He has, Orlock has his hooked nose, claw-like fingernails, and large bald head that has been compared to stereotypical caricatures of Jewish people from the time in which Nosferatu was produced. Professor Tony Magistrate opined that the film's depiction of, unquote, invasion of the German homeland by an outside force poses disquieting parallels to the anti-Semitic atmosphere festering in Northern Europe in 1922. And then I read The Twin Evils of Nosferatu by Jay Haberman. He said Orlock's paper communication that's supposed to be in a mysterious um, occult code, that it contains actual Hebrew letters and the Star of David. And he said, quote, contaminating every space he occupies out of the East with a swarm of plague-bearing rats to feast on the blood of naive Aryans will destroy until it's destroyed through the act of Christian sacrifice by a virtuous woman. So he's like, oh. like, oh, hook. what is that supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it says the plague is caused by rats, but the people, they don't blame the rats. They blame the other. So it's that fear of foreign contagion. Um, Hitler compa- compared Jews to vampires, uh, call them, quote, a race that shuns the sunlight, which... What in the world? Um, so there's a lot there in the text, but it's also pointed out that F.W. Murnau, the director, he was a gay man, and a lot of the cast and crew were Jewish, and a lot of them left Germany later because they were just like, oh, man, this is not good. 
So most people say that it, they weren't like the filmmakers themselves weren't consciously mm-hmm. being anti-Semitic, but that it's one of those things where like this is different from Birth of a Nation, where Birth of a Nation, yes. you know, D.W. Griffith was like, I don't like black people and I'm making up this whole story to support this. The 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 consensus thought is that F.W. Murnau was just making um this film about a vampire and be, being the spookiness, but then all of the things that made him spooky were it, it, like the 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 link hadn't been made to it being anti-Semitic. So then in hindsight, we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, but it kind of makes sense that even though he didn't wasn't aware of how it was being anti-Semitic, it was that unawareness which I think also helped what would end up happening, like the Holocaust and stuff. Because how, like, right. how many times have we mm-hmm. seen it with this podcast and these movies of the reinforced stereotypes that people, when they're making the movie, wouldn't be like, oh, no, I'm, what are we talking about? But it's like, no, you only have black people in subservient roles or they're the entertainers. And adding all of that up, then the people who watch it, they're seeing it, and it just reinforces that idea of like anti-Semitism, right? They manipulate this movie to to suit their needs. Yes, exactly. And the fact that they, when they were making it, that they didn't even have that awareness of like, oh, this is kind of like we're fostering into that anti-Semitic tropes uh-huh. that it was unknown to them, is one of the reasons why then it was it like ended up where we ended up right you know because really he was dressed like an undertaker to me an old-timey undertaker yes i thought his... they were i read i thought they were trying to make him look like a rat yeah and but that the... too which but... was which is anti-semitic yeah but you would well yeah I, I just thought it was the rats mm-hmm. but that's the thing like that you wouldn't know that you were just like oh it's a rat it's like the thing with mm-hmm. like black people and like right. oh like he's a little monkey and you're like no you can't say that but but so many people are like right. what do you mean i'm just saying that he's a monkey and they're unaware of that connection exactly and that, I think exactly. this is like a perfect example of that like oh yeah we're gonna make him look like a rat because of the plague and all of that and not even being aware of connecting like oh but that's that's what they are calling jewish people and mm-hmm. they're they're like making it out and making there are people that are making that connection and then we've made this movie and now that somebody watches it and now they can't they're going to make that connection subliminally and it's going to reinforce that stereotype which they didn't even mean for it to even be a stereotype in the first place ah! yes so that was my power of cast. My power of cast is um, when when we went to the school, the professor was showing their students the the Venus flytrap. Fly mm-hmm. It was only men at school, oh, and in point. in any of the places of power, it was only men um, making decisions in the places of power. Mm. And he took his wife to go stay with somebody to take care of her when he mm-hmm. went yeah. to Transylvania. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, she did seem like she was kind of needy. I mean, well, who else was that gonna... was how they portrayed her. Maybe she wanted some by herself time. 
<laughs> God, get this hutter out of his hair. It's just alone. I have to say that the uh, her friend, no, that would be so wrong to say, was much more attractive. But that's not very nice, and I apologize. Okay, <laughs> any other powers of cast other than me just, you know, woman shaming? I mean, she was, she, I like it because she's um unconventional. I'm like, oh, look at that. Going with talent over substance. I mean, beauty. But, and and she had really big eyes, which I think were necessary in silent film. Yeah, I mean, we're making her out to be <laughs> like a very unattractive woman. And it's just, we've, we're so accustomed to, yeah. you know, the like yeah. what Hollywood's done to us. Like she's yeah. not, uh, if you saw her walking down the street, you wouldn't be like, oh, oh my God, she needs to put if a bag wearing, on her head. If she was wearing her hair like that, I would. Yeah, that's true. And what did they make the wigs out of? A uh, uh, horse's hair? I mean, uh, uh, horses' tails, horses' manes. I mean, those wigs were hideous. Tell me that was a wig. Tell me she had on a wig. Please. I think so. <laughs> I I feel like both of them did because his hair was equally just out of control. I thought his hair actually reminded me of of men at the late 60s and 70s who were growing out their hair, but there were no products and they're, they're, they wouldn't go to, to get it styled so that, you you know... You yeah, they didn't know about conditioning. That shit. Yeah. You just needed a deep conditioner. But, but I mean, it is 1920. Like, this movie's 99 years old. Yeah, it's true. It's so, true. It is one year older than your grandmother. <laughs> Damn. So <laughs> there you okay, have any it. Other, any other? You should other... ask her if she was scared. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't see this movie. Um. Um. Any other um uh, uh, cast? No. No. Okay. So we are to nerd alerts. Okay, so this movie came out in 1922, but it's set in 1838. So that's a difference of 84 years. Which is before the war between the states. Yes, so it would be the equivalent of in 2021, making a movie that is set in 1937. So I I just thought that was interesting because it's it's very easy to just be like, oh, it's 1922, it's old timey. It's like, no, this movie is taking place in an earlier time than yes, yes. So maybe like the hair and that kind of thing is a nod to the 1838ness of it all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Antebellum women wore their hair in those ringlets. Which I think that's why we have such a strong reaction to it. Yeah. So in 1922, the British Empire is at its largest. It covers a quarter of the earth and rules one in four people on earth. 22. Yes. Is this still Victoria? Is this still Queen Victoria? I I don't know, Ma. Yeah, me either. Um... The first successful insulin treatment for diabetes is done in Toronto in 1922. Oh, wow. 
The first issue of Reader's Digest is published. Uh, President Warren G. Harding introduces the first radio to the White House in 1922. Wow. Um, Okay, so in 1920... The 19th Amendment was ratified, and that gave women the right to vote. But in 1922, it was upheld because apparently there was a case, Lester versus Garnett, that the Supreme Court had to rebuff that was trying to challenge the validity of the 19th Amendment. But I just, I just point out, because just, people just be big mad over things. Like, you're like, yeah, women have the right to vote, and we think, oh, that was it. But it's like, no, it still had to go to the Supreme Court. There still had to be a case. Um, And Mahatma Gandhi in India, he was on his grind. He got arrested for sedition, and he was sentenced to six years but served two. So then I did a bonus nerd alert for 1838 and what was going on. So in 1838, the telegraph was invented. And in 1838, is in the winter time, the Trail of Tears. Oh, oh. So um, we have the Cherokee tribe, which was the last of the, quote, five civilized tribes. That, they were the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, the Muscogee, and the Seminoles. So the Cherokees were the last ones that were forcibly removed from their land in North Carolina, along with their slaves, to areas west of the Mississippi. So like around Oklahoma. And I didn't really go into why they made them uh, walk in the wintertime all that way. But 4,000 people died along the way. Because they wanted the rich land. If you've ever been to Oklahoma, you know why they let them have Oklahoma. Well, yes, and that that brings me to there's a fantastic television show on FX called Reservation Dogs that I highly recommend, and it takes place on um, Indian land, and it's about and it's all done all by indigenous people, and oh, it's excellent. great because like just like the Jewish people, just like the black people, indigenous people have a great sense of humor. Because they had to. (laughs) It's funny how those things kind of go hand in hand. Germans, not known for their senses of humor. Hmm, interesting. And in 1838, the enslaved people in Jamaica were freed. Ah. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. So that's kind of like sets up the time thing. And then does anybody else have nerd alerts? Because I have a few more. You can keep going, but I do. But you keep going, come back to me. All right, got it. Um, So this is an example of German expressionism. So I wanted to go over that again. You can listen to our podcast on M that we did, because that was also a German expressionist film. Mm -hmm. So just briefly, it's it's a different creative movements, like within architecture, dance, painting, and sculpture and film, that was in Germany prior to World War One, And then in cinema, um, the Expressionist movement was from 1910 to 1930s. Again, like I mentioned Fritz Lang's M. The first Expressionist films were made for, they made up for a lack of lavish budgets. 
So they didn't have a lot of money to do the production design. So they had to come up with other ways to make things more interesting. So they would use wildly non-realistic, geometrically absurd angles, along with designs painted on walls and floors to represent lights, shadows, and objects. The plots of the stories um, of the expressionist films often dealt with madness, insanity, betrayal, and other, quote, intellectual topics triggered by the experiences and horrors of World War One. So basically, German expressionism is about, it's really about vibes more than reality. To kind of set in the mood, creating a vibe. Um, and then this movie... It came out and takes place and was produced in the Weimar Republic of Germany. Um, so in 18, 1918, that was when Germany surrendered after the First World War. And so it's from 1918 to 1933. And during that period of time, there was hyperinflation, political extremism, an influenza pandemic. You had mutilated war veterans around... Um, to remind of the horrors of war, conspiracy theories, political murders, two attempted power seizures by contending paramilitaries, as well as very contentious relationships with the victors of the First World War. And so it was a very unstable and scary time for Germany at that time time and it ended when Hitler came to power <laughs> so <laughs> but that's kind of um, it kind of laid the groundwork for exactly. why he was able to because they had just been the you know the Germans had been beaten down from World War One and brutally punished and um, yeah I mean people were starving people felt bad about themselves because they had lost the war and the the victors, like the allies in the West and stuff, were like, you know, you owe, like, look what you made us go and do. We lost all these people. You owe us all this money. So, you know, when people feel bad about themselves, then they want to feel, they make somebody else the scapegoat for that. Right. They, they want start... somebody on a lower rung of the ladder. Yep. So... It kind of is, and that's why at the end of World War II, we have the Marshall Plan, because it was like, hey, when we did this on the original, this is way maybe we should change this up and and like kind of put money back in and prop up the stability to make sure that we not we're not doing this part three in another twenty years. So, Christine, your nerd alerts. Okay, I have two. Well, my first nerd alert is about plagues. Oh. Um, and I think I read an article on National Geographic. Didn't write it down. Sorry, National Geographic. But I believe they're the ones that there's an article saying that we always blamed the plagues on rats, but that's not true. Oh. Really, now they're saying that it's because of infected fleas. Not the rats. That oh. were on the rats. Probably. That but also from people. People had fleas back then. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, sorry to the rats out there. I'm not, because they, they are... Yeah, they suck. Um, so, there are three types of plagues. 
the bubonic plague, the septicemic plague, and the pneumonic plague. I believe those are in order of severeness. The bubonic plague causes fever, headache, chills, and weakness caused by bacteria, usually from the bite of an inflict of an infected flea. I'm okay. sure it causes other things too, but those are the big things you're gonna get. Um, the septicemic plague Ugh. causes fever, chills, weakness, abdominal pain, skin. But this is the one where skin and other tissues may turn black and die, especially Ew. your fingers, toes, and nose. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Uh, and this also comes from infected fleas. Or you can get this one from handling an infected animal. Oh. Um, so I guess if you're like a rat had it and then you're like kicking it or, you know. Or like the rat. Like, get out of here. And the rat like, bites you. Hey, guess what? Guess what never happened in our household? We weren't the, oh, look, the little baby bird. I'm going to bring it back to health. No, because I was. No, you like, don't touch that. You don't touch that. Remember how I, I wouldn't touch AJ? My brother's turtle. I was like, that thing is disease ridden. <laughs> and then the pneumonic plague causes fever, headache, weakness, and rapidly developing pneumonia. It develops oh. from inhaling infectious droplets and may develop from untreated bubonic or septicemic plague. Oh. It's the most serious one and the only one that can be spread person to person by the infectious droplets. Oh, so uh, those are your these, plagues. Is, you don't want are, a pneumonic plague. These oh. are bacterial, though, that, which is different from a virus. Viral, right? right. Viral, because sure. bacteria. Yes, bacteria caused from bacteria from the bite of a flea. So bacterial infections can be treated with antibiotics, where viral infections. Uh, um, well, I don't know what the latest science is because I'm old, but I remember it from old timey school that you could cure a bacterial infection, but a viral infection, you couldn't, there wasn't necessarily a cure for that. Although right. you could boost the immune system so that it could then trigger antibodies to mm. fight it. Sure. That sounds good. Which is because people go in and they have uh, like um, congestion and they go, I'm sorry, it's viral. I can't give you antibi antibiotics. Oh, but they want the antibiotics yeah. anyway. And mm -hmm. then people get immune to the antibiotics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you get the, the resistant strains, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the restrictive bacterial strains. So then when you do have a right. bacterial infection, that, then like, the oh, antibiotics don't work. Right. right. Okay. I, I also have a nerd alert. Well, Tini has another one. I have one. another one. Sorry. I'm not done yet. It's okay, but I, I love the I love all of the nerd alerts. Well, my next one is about bats. Okay, because if you'll notice there was not a single bat in the movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where we hear the Dracula. I was like, came where from. did this yeah, why do we where did that come from? And I can't remember. I did watch an interesting um I'll talk about it in TC Nuggets, maybe. Um, but there's an animated five minute video on YouTube called The Evolution of Dracula. Mm -hmm. And 
it's pretty good. I recommend it. It talks about how the character has evolved since Nosferatu to like normal days. And it wasn't a couple until a couple movies in where he started turning into a bat. Mm. Um, oh, where he became like a ladies' man, like debonair. Yeah. Well, this is an article from thegreatprojects.com. Never heard of them, but I'm trusting it as a source. And it's called Why Are Bats Associated with Vampires? A Peek into the Realm of These Misunderstood Mammals. Um, so I learned that bats are 50 million years old. 50 wow. million? Mm-hmm. So wait, does that put them in, like, were they around with dinosaurs? I don't know. I don't know what wow. that puts them on. You do the math, listeners. Um, they long are, time. oh yeah, it's a long, they're old. <laughs> First time, long time. Mm-hmm. And they're a vital part of our ecosystem. Um, vampires have only been around since 1500 uh-huh. in ancient Greece. Oh, like the story or? or... Yeah, like a mythical, it was like okay. a mythical creature. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also drank blood. I don't know. I didn't get into the history of vampires, so sorry. Um, so I think there was some correlation between like, cause people thought that there's, there is this type of bat called a vampire bat. And mm-hmm. I think people thought it came from Dracula, but the va- vampire bat was named in 1810 and Dracula wasn't written until 1897. So mm. uh-huh. you do the math there. Um, so the article made me laugh because it said that Stoker's depiction is vastly exaggerated when he talks about their size turning into vampires. <laughs> so bats don't really turn into vampires. Um, no. Yeah. And another common misconception, they don't suck blood. They lap it up with their tongues. Ah, so it, so there has to be, something else has to puncture for mm-hmm. the blood to come out for a vampire. I mean, maybe they puncture it and then they lick up the blood. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, don't quote me on that. But okay. okay. Could be the case. So, also, bats make up of 20% of the mammal species. Wow. Only three bat species consume blood. Uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm common misconception we thought they all ate blood so here's some of the things they do for our ecosystem they eat a ton of insects mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a type of bat called the pipistrel bat pipistrel pipistrelli who knows it eats 3,000 insects a night wow yeah. and underneath the congress avenue bridge in austin texas there are approximately one and a half million bats that live there and every night they consume at least 30,000 pounds of insects. How do they get all the insects? Like they their mouths. They probably just a lot of work. Mouth open and just they're only only five centimeters long in size though the pipistrelle ones. So a big bat can eat a lot more. Man. Yeah. Um there's a common myth, you know, people say you're blind as a bat. Bats aren't blind. They can see just fine. Um, But at night when they hunt, they do use sonar, just like whales, to navigate. Mm -hmm. Echolocation. Echolocation, yep. They emit high-pitched sounds that bounce off of objects like trees and houses, Mm -hmm. and it comes back to them. 
and they can determine the size, shape, and texture of an object and if it's moving. Wow. Um, they also, their poop is really rich. Um, bat droppings are a really big fertilizer due to their high levels of nitrogen, phosphate, and potassium. And it's widely used around the world in farming. And at one point, it was Texas's largest mineral export until oil took over. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, but they get a bad rap in the, around the world. Um, and in the U.S. and Canada, a fungal disease referred to as white nose syndrome has killed at least 7 million bats and is still rapidly spreading across the United States. Now, this was written in 2012, so maybe we've cured that by now. Um, but in 2008, it was estimated that 2.4 million insects would not be eaten as usual, developing into a huge issue for farmers with regard to pest control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, um, all such, it's all such a delicate balance uh -huh. because the because yes the bat droppings are very um nutritious but if something else is messing up their ecosystem and then a bat feeds on an insect that has fed off of um a like an infected horse or, or something then or an insecticide yeah, then that gets into their droppings. And then if that dropping comes into contact with the humans, then that's when we get all of the, um, you know, like the viruses that hop from species to species. Mm -hmm. And then. Did I hear that COVID may have started with bats? Yeah, that, that's one of their theories is that like the bat another reason bats now bats are getting a worse name oh yeah they've been yeah but it's it's the thing where they're getting like bats aren't the problem like bats are just doing what bats are doing it's the what are they feeding on uh -huh. that happens and like some of that is that's it's the evolution like that's the way of the world you know yeah. like, there's I, too we, much of us we, mm -hmm. there's always been plagues, you know, it's the same mm -hmm. thing with the fleas and the, the rat. I'm sure that in a hundred years, 99 years, they'll be like, oh, it was because of this and this. And it, it was like, oh, it wasn't really the bat. It was that the bat ate mm -hmm. off of the yeah. fruit. But I also heard that the bat, it, cause they were, they were saying that it, it was from bat soup. And then yeah, I also heard the that, that, was a, that was not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, bats just. They don't. I think we just have to say we do, We still don't. Yeah. Know. The that the we're not spreading COVID-related information. And and bats are one of those things where you know there there are certain animals that I really don't have a personal affection for, but I don't want them all to disappear from the earth because they play their part. In the I really ecosystem. like them. They're cool. It's like I, a Bat, it's like a bird and a rat combined. Yeah, I Is that think how they got the name bat. Maybe. Oh my mm. gosh! Look at you. <gasps> I think that it wasn't in my in my research, but it's one of those things where I think they're cool. I don't need to be face to face with them. Like I don't need to experience. Oh, I would their like to fatness. One. Yeah, I don't. But we have them here. I don't need to, I'm not one of those people that likes to hold birds. I don't, if it's, I like a dog, I'll pet a dog. I'll tolerate a cat if I have allergy medicine. Other than that, 
animals, I I love you from afar. I'll, yeah. I don't need to be all holding you and, and whatnot. I, I love my wild bunnies. I love my wild foxes. The turkeys, I, well, the jive turkeys we got. The jive turkeys. Listen to, to this. Um, that is, God, don't quote me. This is what I'm reading. An older English name for bats is Flittermouse, which matches their name in other Germanic languages. For example, German Fledermouse and Swedish Flattermus, related to the fluttering of wings. Middle English had Bakke, which most likely cognate with Old Swedish Nabaka, which means night bat, which may have undergone a shift in modern English, from the K to the T, influenced by the Latin blata, which means moth or a nocturnal insect. The word bat was probably first used in the early 1570s. Mm. Look at you. So there you go. There's all the information you need on bats, and there's not a single bat in the movie. There's not. And there is a wonderful children's book about, about bats. About a little bat named Stella Luna. It's a little bat that gets dropped in and lands on a bird's nest and then is taken in by the birds to take care of. But Stella Luna is different. For, oh, it's so oh, sweet. No. Really sweet children's story. I used Everyone to read every Stella year. Stella Luna. This Stella Luna. Oh, beautiful story. Brought to you by Stella Luna. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't know who wrote it, but it's a great children's mm-hmm. story. Okay, uh, my nerd alert was about bell bottoms. Oh, <laughs> because okay. of the the sailors on the boat. And oh uh-huh, yeah, and, you know, but their bell bottoms had a slit in them. So I'm going, why did sailors wear? Why do sailors wear bell bottoms? Yeah. I think so too. One answer was, I don't buy it. When they're swabbing <laughs> the deck, they can roll them up. Have you ever tried to roll up bell bottoms and have them stay up? Especially with a slit, it's not easy. Yeah. And even without the slit, because that's heavier than the other fabric, so it always drops down. Okay. Um, the other one. A, if, but if, it's a, if it's a firm enough fabric, what's the fabric made of? Polyester. <laughs> uh, probably polyester at this point. Okay, it yeah, that's been, not going to stay. It would have been cotton back in the day. But um, then the other one I read was when sailors would fall overboard and that's you had what, to yeah. pull them up, then it was easier to get their boots off. Yeah. Because the oh. bottom lets you get. Well, to just stay boots. on the boat. Don't go overboard. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> neither okay. of those were good enough for me. For why sailors still wear bell bottoms. Uh, yeah. So you didn't go into like the Navy and the, I thought that maybe it was like when they go into the water. It doesn't approve it was, of your research. It was easier. It was easier to take their pants off. And, yeah. And then, but like, because those... on your thighs. Yeah. Well, no, cause... because you're, pu- you're pulling them down. See, which is why we needed to go wide leg all all the way around. All of those things would be true. Yes, yes. This is the reason we were wide leg pants. Wide leg pants. Yeah, you're. I'm not a wide leg pants. I know. However, I can tell you from biking, they're still very hard to roll up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying a lot of fabric. It's too much fabric. These thighs, and then you're adding in the the wide leg. For me, it was just too much fabric. And I'm short. So there was just always it was it was just a tripping incident waiting to happen. I I saw I saw a thing on um, this girl I follow on Instagram was doing, you know, you can post like ask me anything and people ask a question, they answer and show the answers or whatever. And somebody was like, how have you dealt with uh, like I've my weight changed a lot with COVID like. I'm having a hard time dealing with it or whatever. And she was like, have you tried wearing oversized sacks as your wardrobe? And I was like, that's what I do. Yeah. The more fabric, the better. And you can't see anything. Exactly. Exactly. It's just hilarious how fat. Remember me in the, what, 90s to 2000s? I... Apparently, I was just a fashion forward ahead of my time because it was oh, it was extra, extra large. Everything yeah. was really yeah. huge and big. And now I'm I'm the opposite yeah. I'm, because I'm doing laundry in my bathtub. I can't have that much fabric. Well, that's true. That's true. But back in the day, in the seventies, my wide leg jeans were hip hugger. Mm-hmm. Now they're going up. They're they're extra extra high waistbands. Yeah. I can't. I well, no, that's not good. No, low rise is back now. Oh, okay. thank goodness. Okay. Because most people they don't well, like low rise, but low rise fits me where normal pants fit yeah, other that's people. True. That's true. Because I have no torso, so I'm like. But we're talking like low rise from the early 2000s, where your thong should the show. Oh no, I didn't do uh, that low rise. I lived through dude. that. I didn't. I didn't have the body for that then. So I mean, I don't have. I it wouldn't now, be able to find but... a thong if I put it on. I'd never find it again. Yeah, it would just disappear into that <laughs> crevasse. This is like, I think that this is why this is a trend. So this is a trend where it's like your pants are at the normal level, but then there's cutouts. And I think that the purpose. Can you see that? The yes. Cutouts? Yes. No, to no, give the illusion of the To thong. give the illusion of the thong. We sell skirts mm-hmm. and pants like that. It's really But it yeah. but it makes because remember every it's a twenty year cycle. Yeah, it is. So the stuff I know. that's big in the two thousands now is what's in style. And now I sound like my parents did when the '70s style came back. Now I'm like, I lived through it once. I don't have to do it again. Yeah, that was mine. But I will say, in the '70s, when hip huggers came in, that's when you had to start buying your underwear different. You had to go to hipster underwear because mm-hmm. you couldn't have the granny panties with Mm-mm. your hip hugger jeans anymore. I don't like a granny panty. I, if I don't like the way it feels on my butt. Understood if you didn't grow up with it. Yeah. Okay. We are two reheatables. And this whole discussion might And now you know I don't wash my bras and I don't wear granny panties. This is weird. Because we had the growing up, my mom and I had the same brand of underwear, but it was different sizes. And I would do the laundry. And I was in charge of doing the laundry and folding it. And I just remember the days where I messed up with the underwear and I was like, put on my mom. I'm just like, what, what is this? 
She would put the leg hole on her waist. It was like, no, no. Okay. Okay, TMI. <laughs> negative reheatables. Aaron's uh, little interlude there was a negative reheatable. No, it's, it was just like, like you didn't do the same thing. But you didn't, I, I'm guessing you didn't get to the point. I never put your underwear on. I'd hold it up and go, there ain't no way. <laughs> I was, you know, I'm just sleepy in the morning. I'm putting it on. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of space here. There's oh, man, you did that one time when Babs visited you in California. <laughs> and you pulled out my granny panty underwear, and she took a picture and shamed me with it. How did I have it in California? Because evidently, I had put a pair of mine in with yours when you were home at, at Christmas or in the summer or something. Oh, well, ha -ha. third third time, negative reheatables. <laughs> Help me out here, people. Well, you can go start. Okay, Hutter had no respect. He had he <laughs> goes into that he goes into that room that he's renting when he's gonna try to sell or or lock or lock. I want to say or loft because of you know frozen. Um, the house she's trying to fold down his bed for him he throws the hat right in the middle of where she's working <laughs> then he picks up the book about dracula and he just throws it on the ground because he doesn't <laughs> like it Hunter <laughs> had no respect um hutter was quite naive <laughs> yeah no respect is quite naive <laughs> Okay, the horses wearing the Ku Klux Klan hoods and capes. Well, they're Where wearing that come hoods from? and capes. Well, I think that's that's us and our PTSD of any time I see a horse. I like this movie really solidified that to me. When I see a horse with any sort of fabric on it, on its face and on its body, I just think that's a Klan horse. Exactly. It could have been green. It was in black and white. We don't know that it was. It was black. It was going to the Count Dracula's house. I know. You know I that know. shit was all black. I, I yeah. I I'm out with the cloaked horses. Uh, as previously stated, everybody's hair. Everybody's yeah. hair is fucked in this movie. And you know the plague equally COVID at this point. Those are my negative. I have a tasty nugget on that. Okay. My negatives. Putting the entire cast before the movie. I don't like that. It like long. But also, it gives some stuff. It could give things away. Yeah. Yeah. It could that's spoil true. the plot. The true. Oh. You wouldn't be able to watch the movie and say, "Oh my god, I didn't know so and so was in this." Yeah. True. Glad we changed that. His wife's hair. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. I can't either. Hell no. Orlock wants a house. He comes here. Why is yes. he? Yes. Look, I drew you a picture of the house. You know it wasn't like a blueprint. It was an empty house in Weisberg, and he's in Transylvania. Right. Someone else had to take care of the wife. Yes. Now... Right. 
I don't know. I don't remember this at all. But until the very end of the movie, I was calling him Butter because I could not <laughs> tell what that was supposed to be. Because it was calligraphy. It was old-timey calligraphy. Yeah, but I could read all the other letters. Yeah. So it was a funky H. How butter eats bread. And it was a lowercase. He never had an uppercase H. Did you notice that? Well, that's one of my bad reheatables is the calligraphy of the title cards. I said the font of the title cards. I yeah. didn't realize it was calligraphy because I do. I, in, I didn't say butter. I thought it was gutter. So I kept calling him gutter. Hmm. Well, either way, it wasn't good for him. Well, he was naive. And now, this is a positive and a negative. We all love to get them, but letters, especially back then, that letter, like, by the time she got it, it was, everything was already ruined. She thought he was all fine. Yeah. Yeah, so letters are bad. she could read it over and over again and hold it to her bosom. And how did uh, Hutter Gutter Butter know that the man that was just on the horse was the postal carrier? I think they knew those things. He was just out, and he's like, you, you're a man on a horse. Why else would he be coming up there? Because nobody else comes up there. True. And even if he weren't, he would take it to the person who was, because you took care of each other that way. Hey, you going to go run by the post office later? Here. Well, if you you look like everyone else. Yeah. If you're not another. (laughs) Well, there were no others. Yeah. I put all that work to stay out until sunrise and die. Yeah. Yeah. Like he knew. He knew. Like he didn't know the rules, but somehow the rules he are in a drunk book. on love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I guess I guess too. Ellen's blood is that it's that good. But I, mean, I thought when well, that, <laughs> sorry, go on. A virtuous woman, or a, there was another word. I thought maybe she hadn't done the deed yet. That's what I thought too. I thought because they said innocent, an innocent woman, and I right. so I thought that maybe they weren't married or they, because I was just like, just just do it already. Like I thought that's what gutter, when gutter came back, he was like, I know how to save you, on the yes, pit now. That's all you needed to do, right? But apparently, well, I I, I the real right reason is in the um, words of Adam. She had that bomb neck. <laughs> she did have a neck. She had plenty of real estate there for him to work with. Yeah. And then Butter as a name. Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Reminds me of Hunter, and I don't like that as a name either. Exactly. But I, I do believe that that was his last name, I think. Cause I well, think they didn't specify that. Ellen no. Gunter. But well, yeah. They should change it. Yeah. That's right. Also, as a negative... I didn't write this originally. I wanted to do a nerd alert on it, but blood congestion does not sound like a good time. What is blood congestion? I mean, it sounds like... Is that what they use leeches for? Thickened blood? or I don't know. Leeches, they just said anything that was wrong with you. Obviously, you need to put a leech on it. And I'm saying, no, thank you. Maybe it's high cholesterol. It's when blood can't properly exit an organ, so it builds up in the blood vessels. Yeah, oh. you got that. You yeah. got that oxidized LDL going on. I don't know. Maybe somebody's been reading about cholesterol lately. 
know. Those are my negatives. Well done. And Aaron? All right. My negative reheatables. We already said the font. Um, I, this, I'll put this in a good, though. I like how long they kept the, the titles up. Because the titles oh, come yeah, up. Oh, yeah, put that in good, too. Oh, man. That's I was good. Why are you doing it good right now? Well, because it was part of my negative reheatable was about the fonts. But so then I wanted to shout out the good that they left it up. Exactly so that I could, for a slow reader. Yeah, because I, you know, I thought the students words come up. I just like freak out and start exactly. just scanning, like thinking I'm like team. Same. I was works. like reading it so fast. But uh, then I was like, OK, now yeah. it's like five minutes. I to start just here. stuttering uh, it, like my reading stutters because yeah. I'm in such a hurry to read it. And they were on long enough to get over the stuttering and actually finish the reading. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, act two, when Hutter fell asleep in that uncomfortable chair all night. You yes. see the chair he slept in all night? Yes, Aaron. So I'll, I'll allow you to go and tell your story. I, I knew setting it up. A lob. Dunk it. <laughs> so Aaron was riding her bike that we bought her that was really a size too big for her really and she was going to grow into it you know because we had to economize <laughs> so she falls off of said bike and the one of the pedals oh my you're that, giving me too much credit i was off of my bike my bike fell over and i fell on top of my bike what yeah this is the first i'm hearing of this yeah i know all these years later no my bike fell over I went to pick it up and I landed on top of my bike and got a, a puncture wound in my thigh. Oh, yeah, no. I wasn't even, all of my accidents that I've ever gotten hurt on are the most innocuous, dumb things. <laughs> Meanwhile, my brother is Mr. Tarzan doing, uh, defying physics with the things he's doing, never gets hurt. Me, I go to pick up a bicycle and fall on it and get impaled. Almost a lose my leg. A six inch gash in your thigh. Hmm. A, a puncture, a couple puncture wounds, and then just a gash. I might have been at a happy hour. Mm. So um, I had to take you to Fort Belvoir's emergency room, which is just a whole nother story in itself. Um, and... Uh, then she had to have surgery because the puncture wound was deep and infected and we had to get in there and drain it. And of course, Manziel was out of town on military business. So I'm sleeping on one of those chairs in, in her hospital room. And she, all she cares about is where's my daddy, your daddy, Mm. was sleeping comfortably somewhere not on this chair <laughs> but anyway so that did remind me of sleeping in the hospital on that chair and you waking up to say where's my daddy because my mm, mom was bitch. right there but yeah never let never has ever let me forget that you were right there i never had to ask where you were so but i but i'm gonna say I know that I wasn't the one sleeping in the chair, but that chair did look more comfortable than the one Gutter was sleeping in. I'm just gonna, but it I, I was not a hide. At least he had fabric under him. But okay, we're gonna move on. Um, 
I like when Hunter falls the 10 feet. You know, he's doing his escape. Oh, my and God. And he makes his rope. And then just he goes all the way down. And he falls 10 feet. And it's the most dramatic. He falls. He's then he's like looking around almost to see if anybody sees him. And then I think he even puts his the back of his hand up to his head and like passes out. It was so over the top, Gunner. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. But it was hilarious. But wait, so that door was locked from the outside? That door that kept swinging open in a breeze to his room was locked from the outside and he couldn't get out anymore? I didn't understand that. There's a there's a lot that I didn't understand. No, I think he was afraid he might still be there. Like, he doesn't know what else is lurking in oh, there. Okay. And also, though, he doesn't know. Well, remember, um, because this is one of the special effects, is that what's-his-face could just open the door. Remember? Yes. Turn invisible. Yes. Yeah, he just opens yes. the door and stuff. So he was just, he just, he's well, nice. There's more of them there. And yeah, he just yeah. decides he's jumping out the window. Um, oh, okay. Who's the narrator of the title cards? I didn't understand the well, tense. Somebody's telling a story. Because the, they're telling the story of Dracula. Yeah, but the title third party. But it, it it referred to like I and you. it's just the tense, the mm -hmm. the tenses. Oh, oh, I thought that was in quotations when that would happen. Uh, that was that would be when they were talking, ooh. like when you would see somebody talk, then they would show what they were saying. I just got. I didn't put this much effort into it. I got. I got. Well, because I was reading it out loud, and I got like caught up in my tenses and stuff. I'm just like, wait. Yeah, that would always be when they're showing somebody, like, after they showed somebody speak. Yes, I agree. Um, I think that a major bad reheatable of this, but I, I preference it again, and I think that this goes to what you were saying, Ma, about the door, is that, remember, this is German expressionism, so it's more about vibes than reality. Because mm -hmm. I did not follow the geography of this movie at all. <laughs> of course you did. So, you it's in Transylvania... Out, I had to. I was looking at the app. I was all like, "Wait, we're Transylvania. We're in okay, modern day Romania. They are so on this. The Alps. There's no. That's the Carpathian Mountains. <laughs> and so then I'm like, "All right." And then the Danube goes to the south of it. Sure. And then the there is a sea. It's the Black Sea, but the Black Sea is mm. to the east. And uh -oh. Weisberg is a fictional town in Germany, but it's based on northern Germany cities. Right. So that's the north. Like Hamburg. And I'm like, well, the Danube only goes like, to the south of Germany. The Black Sea is all the way over here. I'm like, did he go all the way to the Black Sea, go through the Mediterranean, up, around, and over? I didn't under I did not understand Orlock's travel to get from Transylvania. But again, German expressionism, it's about the vibes. So, but I, I, and I was Googling it, trying to like, I was geography of Nosferatu. <laughs> like somebody please Only make you. this make sense. Yeah. So, um, which brings me then to the sails on the ship. When I see a ship with that many sails, the vast majority of myself is like, oh man, that's a slave ship. But I will say, there is a slight sliver. Uh, it's almost like an echo inside of me 
that does it just whispers adventure. And I'm like, ah, the the duality of such things. But those ships, I'm just like, oh really? You guys are really checking all the cargo that well? 1838? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. My man who was just going around carrying the coffin of cursed dirt with him throughout the town. Yeah! <laughs> like it was made out with of styrofoam or something. Yeah, it's going around. Nothing yeah. to see here. There, meanwhile, there's a plague going on. So maybe they, I don't know. It was That was just hilarious to me. Um, Orlock. Okay, this was before I realized that the plague was, was really, I guess, supposed to be... I guess the plague was supposed to be based on the rats that they were the ones that were killing everybody. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get that point when I was watching it. I thought that it was Orlock just just going ham on all these necks out here. Just I did too at first. I was like, but how is he reaching all these people? Yeah. And then but then I was stuck on like, well, wait, why is Hutcher still alive? Why is Hutter Gutter Butter still like? Why didn't he get taken out the game? He's he got his his blood sucked. Cause That's it just what seemed, I wondered. It just seemed like a bad business by Orlock. You come with all these necks. Why are you going out all killing people? But I guess he brought the cursed dirt because that's why he had to bring the dirt because it was the dirt buried from people who died in the plague. And then those rats were all in there. So then they had the plague and they were the ones that then came out of the boat and went into the town and were spreading the plague. And that was all the bodies. But because they I actually only got... had fleas. Yeah, yeah, because of the fleas on the rats. Well, I mean, again, this is vibes over reality because the I guess they're saying else, yeah. the rats got the, it was the infected soil, but you know, yeah. this was before times of like science was, this is science. They didn't know. Exactly. They didn't know. They did their best at the time and then new information came in and they changed their mind. Autopsies in 1838. Oh, when they, <laughs> they were just in some room and everybody's just standing around the body and it wasn't even on the table. They were in the corner. And it, they were just like, oh, how did this, I, you know, this is, but, you know, we had to go here. Growing pains. You got to crawl before you can walk. Those are my negatives. Okay. So we are too positive. Reheatables. Mm. The scenery, I would love to have seen it in color, but it did remind me of Germany. The skeleton clock. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I have the length the time of time the title cards were on the screen. Mm-hmm. Nosferatu's Tommy ears. <laughs> you did have those Tommy ears. Did have Tommy ears. And that- way cuter on Tommy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because Tommy didn't have that snaggletooth thing happening. And dude's pipe that was as big as an oboe. It yeah. went down to the ground. That was, was a cool what pipe. What got in there? Oh, my gosh. That was a cool pipe. Christine, your positives? So I did like the opening font. The font was different. Yes. And yeah. the opening credits versus the title, the intertitles. And I liked I that font. 
Mm-hmm. There was there was something about how well I'm sure like we'll probably get into it tasting nuggets, but I think there was something about um, some of these fonts had to be replaced or they were missing, and so they had to uh, some things in. Okay. Um, shout out to Nuck for paying his people well. Mm, shout out. Yeah, he was. That's that was one of the things they said about him. Uh, until they all turned on him. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they started by saying he's weird, but he pays his people well. Yeah, because he looked like an Ebenezer Scrooge, but just before mm-hmm. that, they had said that he paid his people well. Mm-hmm. And I think he was under, I think you were meant to believe in the anti, that because he could read the occult anti-Semitic uh, letter that uh, Orlock mm-hmm. read, that he was under Orlock's spell. And then when he, because later he refers to him as master. So it's, it's oh, part right. of, again, the expression, it's vibes. Vibes okay. over reality. Okay. Right. Um, okay. Uh, I also had how long the title screens are up and the skeleton clock. We were laughing at when he was sleeping in the chair. We were saying that's how Bobby used to sleep at Adam's house when he came to visit. Oh, <laughs> so that was when Adam was living alone in his apartment. No blankets, no pillows. It was just yeah. he would bring his Bobby would bring his backpack. They'd go get drunk. He'd fall asleep on the couch. They'd wake up in the morning, go to a diner, and that was that. That was our old couch. The plaid one. The plaid one. The plaid one. Which also ended up being our old couch. Yeah. Yep. Um, it lasted until six years ago. Wow. Oh. Uh, Nosferatu's nails in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, goals. in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, nail goals. I, they got a little long towards the end. They, I guess that's one of his powers, the supernatural <laughs> nail It looked growth. like his fingers merged with the nails, and it was all... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. But when he first... Showed up and was eating dinner. I was like, oh, yeah, man, those are some nice nails. Agreed. Perfect, like, cotton, um, like, uh, almond shape. Yes. Letters. Once again, it's a, they're also in the positive category. Everyone likes to get a letter. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's got a hand-painted watercolor on front. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula carrying his coffins made me <laughs> laugh. <laughs> Throwing them up there on the on the cart, like yeah, yeah. But but it was also cool with like how the special effects did that, so they to show like that yeah. he was powerful, and I was yeah. just like, oh. Um, I wrote down. I don't know why I wrote it here, because I wrote down crowning of the cock. And was that yes. what it really said? And then I found a whole article that I will not even get into because we don't have time, but just titled The Repressed Victorian Sexuality in Nosferatu. But there's that. I don't know why I wrote it, but I read it. I had to I had to hit the rewind 15 seconds to see if that's what Same. it was. Yeah. Well, I missed um, The shadow scene was really good. It was, I felt like that was the scariest part. Oh, yes, yeah, I yeah. agree. And iconic. Yes. The steps when he's going up the steps. Yeah. That is iconic. 
And then Nox upper body strength. He didn't look like he'd have it, did he? No, he was just, he was holding just climbing out. Of yeah. yeah, yeah, climbing out of shit, holding himself up. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Outstanding. Nice. I have the silent record scratch. I didn't know that you could do a like. This is a great example of a literal record scratch, but in a silent film. When Hutter goes to the tavern place and he's all like, "Ha I'm going to Orlock's place," and everybody just <laughs> like, "Excuse me, <laughs> what did you say?" I have in my good reheatables when he throws the book down because. Oh, this it was hilarious how he just threw the book down. And why was the book so thick? Don't go to the castle. The guy's a vampire. He'll suck your blood. He can only be defeated by an innocent and beautiful young woman willing to sacrifice herself. That's it. Why is this book so thick? Right. Right. Um the, the, oh yeah, I have the creepy horses and coachmen. But yeah. I think I meant to put that in my bad reheatables. But it was so. so. But it was a horror film, so it's a good reheatable because it is creepy. It like, was creepy. You know, like ninety nine years, it holds up. Um, Hutter, I guess he's not allergic to mosquitoes like some people because he has these two puncture wounds, and he's like, oh, I guess they're mosquitoes. What how an big? Idiot. How big do you think those mosquitoes are? What, what an idiot! Guy? They got snouts that are the size of straws. And obviously they don't swell up because mine itch and they swell up to the size of golf balls. It, it's very, very annoying. Which kind of brings me when we were all talking about like bats and vampires. The logical thing is mosquitoes. Why wasn't why didn't Dracula turn into a mosquito? Oh my gosh. But yeah. nobody can see it. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it like loses something. I but guess if it, it was does. a little. Yeah. But they are so freaking annoying. Tell me about it. I got one. When I went home, that's the whole thing. California doesn't really have mosquitoes. I've gone almost twenty years. I've I can count on my hand how many times I've gotten bit, minus what happened last month. I go home. I get a giant knot welt on my head. And now, apparently, if you go out to Northridge at the Total Wine and More, that's where all the mosquitoes are in Southern California. So just, I'm going to have to buy off the next time I go on my booze run so that I don't get bit by mis the only mosquitoes in Southern California. I went there and I got eight mosquito bites on me. It was unbelievable. Um, I wish I could post that picture on, on our, on our podcast. Cause you look like you got hit in the head by a very small golf ball. And I knew it and I didn't want to scratch it. And remember how mad I got? Cause it was on yes. my forehead and like, I could just feel it swelling yeah. up. I also have that guy's pipe. That was amazing. Okay. The body language specifically Orlocks. he, his Look, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover and stuff, but anytime I see a grown man with his hands clasped up right under, what, six inches under his chin walking, I'm out. Yeah. I don't no. care how good his nails look. 
This man, nothing good. Like, especially what? if his nails look good. <laughs> yeah, his walk when he first comes in and his walk in his high class. I'm like, wow, wow, gutter. You're so naive. Yeah. Um, dude, his his feet and then like his fingernails. I'm sorry, Teeny, but uh, they grow like mine. Cause I, <laughs> these I gotta cut these things every two weeks. Or else I'm hurting myself. Yeah. I've ended up with, you know, scrapes on my, these things. Me and, me and Orlock with the fingernails. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I hurt myself. No. I can take out an it's eye. It's a little bit hard to do things, but. Yeah, no. I have I, to keep them short. I have to. I have, like, mine, and I don't mean to brag or anything, but these, mine are hard. Like there isn't the like oh they're the paper thin and they break no I got it's like well, I got some of us aren't blessed eyes. with that okay I have them as well but the problem is that when they split like when you get a little fissure in it it goes right into the quick it's not ever up in the longer part of the fingernail so oh. I cut them because I know that that's coming and I'm gonna have a problem with going into the quick of my nail. Mm. I cut them because I'm spastic and I'm like, that's how you're going to end up blind because <laughs> you're going to mm-hmm. take an eye out. Yeah. I see Teeny with her nails. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't. I know. They look They're great. natural though. They're natural. I, it's impressive. Yeah. I shout just out, that- shout out to Hugh at J and W nail salon in Ridgewood. Shout out. Well done, Hugh. Mm-hmm. Well done. I have carnivorous plants because they are fascinating i know a lot of this fly trap i've always wanted one yeah pesky insects they can uh, yeah they're allowed to live it's 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 so because everybody oh i'm plant-based oh i'm plant and it's like no you think that plants don't like that blood too that's maybe that'll be my next plant purchase Okay, mm-hmm. I have a question because at one point they were playing croquet, mm-hmm. or is it croquette? I, I yeah, I meant to put that for positive reheatable. Because I needed to ask you, Ma, where did that come from? Because we had a croquet set, and we I remember we we would play croquet, but then when we moved to Germany, we would take a Coca Cola can and crush it down, and then use that as our puck and the croquet mallets as our sticks and play roller hockey. Yeah, but but where did the croquet come from? Like who? How did you? Like you and my dad, where did the croquet come from? I had croquet when I grew up. We had a croquet set, and we would play on the front yard at Grimmy's so, house. So it seems like a German thing, then. Might be. Well, go I mean, ahead and speak. I will look at it. I don't know. Like it was just in the movie, so I didn't want to make assumptions. But I'm like, I think croquet probably came from Ma, but we'll see. Because we did grow up playing it. I will say, oh, but then croquette comes up. Croquette is the, is the like, potato croquettes. Oh, cover. yes. Oh, croquet I love Croquet is the game. Oh, croquettes over croquet. Man. One huh. day. One day, maybe. Those are just cholesterol bombs, I'm guessing, though. Um, the plague, like the empty streets, remind me of lockdown. And then... They 
but in these times though of that lockdown you just had the guy and he had the drum and he would tell everybody what was what but then in those times you know that there was crazy neighbors out and they all had their bizarre theories but their bizarre theories could only spread but so far because they didn't have this worldwide web that could wait for it wait for my tasty nuggy I'm sorry I didn't hear anything you just said because croquet used to be an Olympic sport well for one season 1900 (laughs) I think it's from (laughs) that's funny to me but (laughs) it's probably like yeah because everybody's like yeah only the French German and English play this (laughs) um it seems like coming from England I had this game. So you had croquet too? I don't know why. I guess like my dad had a croquet set and I remember we would set it up in our backyard. Mm -hmm. I loved croquet. Yeah, we would play it a lot. It, yeah, it didn't involve a lot of activity. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I liked. But then you could play it with kids because they get to hit things. Yeah. Introduced to Britain from France during the 1660 reign of Charles II of England, Scotland, and Ireland. Mm. Yeah. And so those, that, like, and, you know, we repurposed those mallets and we had, so it was almost like a polo style roller hockey thing that we had going mm-hmm. in the early 90s. And that was, that was, that was a fun game that we would play, our, our variation of roller hockey. Of course. Um, I have the production design, Abin Grau. He was a serious occultist. And I think that sometimes when people hear occultist, they think uh, negatively and like of Satanism and negative thoughts of mm-hmm. Satanism. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of things, like especially if you look at stuff with like Satanism, I was, it was interesting to me to find out that it wasn't what I thought it was. There are definitely mm-hmm. those darker aspects, but like somebody who calls themselves a Satanist, you're like, oh, like to be afraid of them because like when I was a little kid, the satanic panic was a big thing, but it's actually not. And it's, if you like look up and read into it, it's, it's one of those things. It's like bats and rats. Like it's gotten a bad name. But isn't it, isn't a cult just like believing in supernatural and like mystical mm-hmm. things. Yeah. This... It's actually just supernatural, mystical or magical beliefs. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. It is. I think I'm a member of the occult. I think everybody kind of is, or at least kind of should be to just expand your mind yeah. and to think like, Oh, maybe this is like, also, they're, they're... isn't Christianity then an occult? Yes. Well, like all, well, all religions. religions are yeah. all yes. religions. Yes. Uh huh. But there's a whole bunch of different fascinating things. And and of course, people just like with religion, just like with all religions where people can twist it to to make money and to to be nefarious and evil. But the basis of it is actually like it makes a lot of sense. And it's found in a lot of things that are like Christianity and I, I know for sure, because when you go into that reading about the different things, you're like, oh, interesting. So and that, that's one of those things where you hear it and you think, oh, oh the occult, oh, clutch the pearls. But it's like, nah, man, come on. I had ancestors who were supposed to have been um, healers. They mm-hmm. could heal livestock, go and put their hands mm-hmm. on the livestock and heal them. 
I don't like and maybe I have had a sore muscle and thought to test such theories like ancestors come through heal this muscle of mine and it got healed I'm not saying I got I possess such things but I'm just saying you know it, it, it is interesting um the practical special effects like when Orlock comes up from the coffin like that's mm-hmm. 99 years ago, and that still holds up. Yeah. You know, the doors opening, when it does that super imposition yes. of the, and he's like ghost-like. Yes. Um, I thought that was really impressive. Like the speed of the carriage and the speed of the coffins, and then when it goes into a negative thing, um, and the famous shadow scene, and the mm-hmm. when and like the stairs and then also when Ellen comes um the shadow comes up on Ellen. So Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Like there yeah. was a lot there for nineteen twelve it's like, yeah, I I get why this is still a thing. Yeah, special yeah. effects in nineteen twenty two. Oh, and there was something that I read where um that this was one of the first things where to like a montage because we're so used to seeing films because we've been watching films. Like we have this whole history of films, but to think about how in the 1922 is one of the first cross cut montages and how that was a, a really big thing for FW Murnau to do. It was specifically with Hunter, Gut, Hunter, Gutter, Butter. Now he's Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, now he's just Hunter. When he goes, um, and it was between when no Ellen, respect. yeah, when Ellen wakes up, and there was that inner cutting that that was oh. that was new, you know, like this was one of the first times where that was in film, and that's something that while us watching it completely, I completely took that for granted, yeah, and didn't realize yeah. until I read it, like, oh no, that was something that was new that FW oh. was doing. Mm-hmm. Well, bravo. So we are two quotables. And to get a quotable, you had to you had to push pause to write down your quotable from the title card. Well, at least I did. So I have pay what you will, we stop here. <laughs> yes, he was he was paying a an Uber driver, as it were. And the Uber driver said, yeah, I'm stopping. I'm not going all the way up to that dude's castle because that's some crazy shit happening. Nah, man, you you didn't read the pamphlet? (laughs) And then when he goes, your wife has a lovely neck. (laughs) Come on. Read the room, dude. Yeah, he was like, I'd like to get me that neck. What what did my brother say? That's a bomb. She had a bomb neck. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of real estate. Blood is life. It reminded me, have you guys watched Ted Lasso? Not yet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe how I got into it. But one of the football players says football is life all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it says the, the death ship has a new captain. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed through this. I thought it was great. I loved it. 
Okay, can I ask a question? Casey mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nuggets is after quotables, right? Correct. Okay, I'm gonna do my quotable last. Okay. Because it leads into Tasty Nuggets. Okay. Okay. I'll do um like a vampire. No, when they were doing the the plants, the Venus flytrap. Yes. Mm. Like a vampire. No. Yep. And then he says, um, "You already mentioned it. Not so hasty, young friend. No one can escape his destiny." Mm-hmm. And then I have, "You hurt yourself. Your precious blood." <gasps> when? Oh, that's a negative reheatable. I forgot about. Hutter, gutter, butter, mutter. When he is with the knife and he takes the loaf of bread and he's cutting it towards himself? Yes! Yes. Oh, yeah! That's why. That was when he was cutting the bread. That's why I wrote how he eats bread. Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 That makes sense. Because you're a nincompoop right there. Um, I don't know. I get in trouble for how I use the knife all the time. You're always away from yourself. Mm -hmm. I just heard that this week. Always away from yourself, but sometimes you can't. If you're peeling, thank you. You you guys are too much in the knife safety. Yeah, I have to peel too much in the knife safety. Yeah. Excuse me. I live alone. I ain't got time to be passed out on the floor, (laughs) taking myself to the hospital. That's her father speaking. See, I ain't got time to be. I ain't got time for that. Yeah, well, I got to go find, like, thread and suture myself up. Come on. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-hmm. You don't remember the time I made your father take himself to I the do. <laughs> because he, he was so loud about it. He impaled himself. It was after, because we had, because of my leg incident that we mentioned earlier in this podcast, we had a whole medical supply closet for uh, changing wounds and stuff. So my mom comes into the closet to find the, the all of the medical supplies wounds. Because yeah. this the man, he's not a quiet. You would be surprised how much noise a man makes for somebody who always says, stop that noise. And yeah, everybody heard him fall down the stairs. And then everybody heard, had to hear about him driving himself on this with a stick shift to the emergency room. But otherwise, I was going to have to get Adam up, change his diaper, put him into clothes, get you up, put you into clothes to get in the car to drive him to. He's he'd already be at the emergency room by the time I got all that done. You're just like, hey, didn't you train for this, Mr. Army? <laughs> exactly. Hey, this is a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been training for? You go out in the field. What do you do? Right, come on. Thank you. Thank you. I still hear about that. Okay. Are those all the quotables? Yeah, because she's going to do. Because now we're going into Tasty Nuggets. Well, LVP and MVP. Well, yeah. And yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, we I didn't ask. Yeah, we can do it. We can change the order and do we the Nuggets. So do your quotable, we'll do the tasting nuggets, we'll go back, do LVP, MVP, and recasting, and then be out. Okay. Yeah. Well, my quotable is, fear lurked in every part of town. Hmm. Who, oh, I couldn't read my handwriting. Okay, I'll start that over. Fear lurked in every part of town. Who was healthy? Who was sick? And that brought me to an article that I found on NorthJersey.com. 
written in 2020. The Many Saints of Newark. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. What was the name of the article? Uh, hold, please. There. Fear comes in every town. Northern New Jersey. The early Dracula movie has a message for today. Ooh. And it um, started, well, the, the premise of the article was Murnau um, and his collaborators were not making a movie about a vampire. They were making a movie about an epidemic. Mm. Yes. And um, it talked about, well, it actually started with an ad. Uh, this is a tasty nugget in itself. They put an ad out in a German paper for 30 to 50. It said wanted 30 to 50 living rats. And that that's how they got their rat actors. Mm. Um, so this article talks about um, between 1918 and 1920, Germany lost roughly 287 287,000 people in the Spanish flu pandemic, Mm -hmm. which killed nearly 50 million people worldwide. Wow. They noted to the fact that this may have helped the Nazis rise to power because the flu deaths themselves had a strong effect on the share of votes by one by extremists, specifically Mm -hmm. the extremist National Socialist Party. Um. They pointed out Germans in the 1920s were spooked between the lost war, economic instability, and political turmoil. So the Dracula movie became a vehicle and a way to deal with the horrors that were fresh in the minds of the audience. Um, but the similarities, I mean, it, it talked about the ghost ship was the same as in, it was like taken from history in 1348 when three ships carrying spices landed in Italy Loaded with rats and the Black Plague started. So they say. But it was probably fleas that bit the rats. Yeah, the fleas fleas bit the rats and then fleas bit the humans. Mm -hmm. Like how Um, mosquitoes and stuff with malaria. mm -hmm. But then it just starts talking. So that it kind of like set up the history. I thought that was interesting. But then it talks about um, there's quarantines, funerals, stay at home orders. And also rumor mongering and scapegoating, like you mm-hmm. pointed out. And then they also talk about the anti-Semitism, which you talked about in Power of Cast, but the fact that it's still around in 2020. Well, yes. they yeah, because they didn't have social media then. And like social media, it's that it's the perfect yin and yang. It's the whole thing about balance and ecosystem because of all the good with like the Black Lives Matter, like Black Lives Matter and social justice, how like-minded communities and people can get together for good. That same thing can happen when it comes to fear mongering and you can find, oh, I don't want to take that vaccine because it has a microchip in it. And mm-hmm. then you find other people who um, who um, they agree with you. And that's what I was saying, like with the, the townspeople, how you could have like a crazy townsperson, but they would only they could own their message of of their conspiracy could only fit to who could hear their voice in the lockdown. But now. Mm-hmm their message can fit and now it reaches more people. And so 
and this is an occultist saying as above so below and that's the thing of it is that all of the good that the social media does it mm-hmm. does equally the negative and that's why you get people who are hesitant to take the vaccine and then they get inundated by things telling them things that aren't scientifically proven and studied and people don't know any better and they're afraid and scared and they don't understand how viruses work they don't understand how the vaccines work and you get a whole that that's how we are how we are and we are how we are because we're humans and you could that's the thing about history and seeing like the movie how much of this like like what Tini's saying with the the plague the extremism like how much has really changed exactly not shit yeah i i really saw the the covid that's all like it's interesting because if you'd watched this movie three years ago you'd be like oh crazy exactly mm-hmm. you wouldn't yeah, have man. anything to relate it to yeah yep. you like that scene where the the street is empty and it's a one dude walking down mm-hmm. telling the news exactly that and you know you see the drone shots of new york yeah. city mm-hmm. and it's completely empty you know like i started watching the morning show and it, it's like oh yeah they just went out with a drone and just filmed the streets. oh did you watch the second season i just it's started right it. oh yeah. i can't wait to watch it yeah and yeah, yeah it's just wild it just reminded me of that of like i remember like you guys like taking videos and sending it to us and it's just what like yeah. that's that's the city that never sleeps and it's empty empty yep mm-hmm. exactly okay uh teenage you have more tasty nuggets um no this movie was banned in sweden until 1972 yes because of how Horrifically scary it was. <laughs> 1972. Now wait, didn't aren't the sweet the Swedes aren't the Swedes responsible for a lot of pop music like ABBA? Huh? And yeah, I was watching. There's on Netflix. There's a show, and it goes an episode of it was about music and just how the Swedes are behind a lot of your pop. I want it that way. Swedish producers like they just dirt all about that pop sensibility. So it's it's kind of funny that they're like, Nosferatu is too scary. Don't don't show them. Yeah, really. Um, the werewolf was actually a striped hyena. Mm-hmm. There was uh oh, my notes. Two thousand there was a two thousand movie Shadow of a Vampire. Yes, I saw it in 2000 before I had oh. seen this film. And there were people who thought that Max Schreck, the guy who played Count uh, Dude, was really a vampire. There was there was uh, social media out there saying he was really a vampire. Mm-hmm. Because people couldn't, because his, his legitimate last name is Schreck. And in Germany, isn't Shrek, like Shrek is terrifying. It's the same as, like, it is what it sounds like in English, you know, like Mac Shrek and stuff. And yeah, yeah. so there was this whole thing and, and Shadow of a Vampire. We'll get to it in recasting, but that movie is about the making of this, except it's Mac Shrek is really a vampire. So it goes into those 
uh, conspiracy theories at the time that were like, oh, yo, that guy was too good of an actor. He was real. He's a real vampire. So Bram Stoker? Stoker. Okay. He wrote Dracula. Mm -hmm. And he died. But his his widow said mm-hmm. this was a ripoff of his of his book. But the dudes that made the movie purposely changed the names and they also changed the ending so that they were going, no, it's not a ripoff, but it kind of was a ripoff. So the German courts said every every one of the, the films has to be destroyed. They're like nine. Das ist nicht sehr gut. Das ist nicht sehr gut. Kaputt. But the problem was it had been distributed to so many places that, yeah, they destroyed a lot of them, but but some of them remained and they were able to re... To copy, make copies. Make copies. And as you mentioned before, some of the title cards, they had to change the font because they couldn't get back the original font and such yeah it's one of the first cult that made it one of the first cult films because it was best yeah the the one print (laughs) survived and then people were like oh i want to see it oh okay this was the first time that created the idea that sunlight could kill the vampire Mm -hmm. that was not in the original book oh Those are my tasty nuggets. I have that this is the only film that was released by Prana Film, which is Sanskrit for Life Force. Um, And they wanted to do occult movies, you know, that dealt with that. But Mm -hmm. because, like Ma said, um, the company, they went bankrupt to avoid having to pay damages to Florence Stoker, who was Bram Stoker's widow. Um, Murnau used a metronome to control the pacing of the film. Really? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. One of the differences between the book and the movie is that Orlock doesn't make more vampires, but kills them. And there's no vampire hunter, Van Helsing. Right. And in the original, like you said, um, Dracula is only weakened by the sun, not killed by it. The music video for Queen and David Bowie's Under Pressure uses footage from this film in the music video. Mm-hmm. Oh, under pressure. This, okay, I, I just briefly, there is a, a guy, his name was Vlad the Impaler, and he's Vlad the Third, commonly known as Vlad the Impaler or Vlad Dracula. So this was a real person. He was born in 1431 in Rome, Romain, he's Romanian, and he is a ruler, and he 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 is all twisted up in that whole Dracula myth of because this guy like. You don't just get the nickname Vlad the Impaler and live in the 1400s without doing some horrendous, just ghastly things. I yeah. forget, there was a podcast series that I was listening to about, oh, it was about dictators, I think, because they did it on Stalin and they did it on 
the North Korean dynasty and there was one on Vlad the Impaler that I listened to oh. and it's just like, yeah, that dude was, you know, I mean, again, you don't just get that nickname because you give it to yourself and think it's cute. He, he was out there. Impaler, I mean, that's, that's a pretty definitive yeah. word. Yeah. Um, most of the exteriors are still around in Germany, Ma. Yeah. And Weismar and Lubick, which are northern German towns. So oh. you go back and still see them. When and we those... all go back, we can do some research. Mm -hmm. Those are my tasty nuggets. So shall we go back to LVP, LVP. and MVP? Yeah. Mm -hmm. My LVP is, okay, I have a runner-up. And I know it's because it's a silent film, but the extreme overacting. Yes. Extreme overacting. Mm -hmm. But my LVP is Gutter Butter Gunter Hunter Gustav. You know what, Ma? He's my, he's my LVP as well. Yeah. I didn't write one down, so he'll be mine too. He doesn't He's, read the vampire manual. He just tosses it away, or the book, right. I should say. Right. He meets Orlock and thinks it's a good idea to have this man who, when he meets him, has his weird hand thing and all the weird stuff that happens throughout his trip there. Like, yeah, sure, you can live next door to me. Right. Especially, he's already said your wife has a lovely neck. Yeah, then she's like, your wife has this lovely neck and is super creepy. Then at the end, when the wife, when Ellen reads the book and knows, oh, this is how I can defeat the vampire, and she gets like her weird sightings and feelings and stuff, and, and my man is like super creepy across the street, just staring weird in the window. Weird, yeah, creepy. She go, she's like, oh, go get the doctor. He leaves his wife alone with the creepy man. Yes. Just I Yes. Yeah, I he was he was just worthless. He was worthless. I mean, at the very beginning, when you see the KKK hooded horses, that's your clue. Turn around and go home. Well, I mean, yeah, for us, but German Hutter you know, hey, he's not Catholic. What does he got to fear? <laughs> he's got the right skin color, probably the right religion. He's like, all right, you know, hey, they're weird. Let me see. He was all about what's the answer to every question. He was all about that money. He wanted the money because he was going to get a huge um, uh, commission uh, or something. Commission, that's the word. Commission on that empty hideous property. It was a fixer-upper. It was definitely a fixer-upper, and we were not going to have Joanna Gaines in the, in, on the project. So, Christine, that was also your LVP? Yes. So, MVP. I really enjoyed the score. It was. It reminded me of fourth grade going down to the Cincinnati Symphony and listening to it. I really enjoyed the score. The score is great. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the shadows. 
I do yes. too. Are we on MVP but, or Reheatables? <laughs> MVP. Nosferatu is my MVP. Bravo, Nos. He did a he did a fine job of being scary but extremely funny as well. I don't think that his name though is Nosferatu. Well, I don't know what is. Oh, it's Count Orlock. Count Orlock. I apologize. I just didn't want the internet to come for you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, the times that the internet has come for me on this podcast, no. I can't even count. I can't even count. But we welcome all comments. My MVP is Dracula. Because, or Count Orlock, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or Dracula, Orlock, Nosferatu. Whatever. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Scary. I mean, re- iconic. People are still dressing up as that to this day. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So that's my his MVP. teeth. His teeth were my fave, though, because they were totally rat teeth that that needed to be. You know, he needed to be chewing on some wood to get them down yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see how they were in the front, and then later on in Dracula, they go to the incisors. They go right out exactly. by. Yeah, and then watching exactly. just the the uh, evolution of it was interesting. Have you seen Blackula? Have no. I seen Blackula? I I don't know. I I've seen a vampire in Brooklyn. That's what Adam said. But sounds. <laughs> wild it's about a black man who tries it's like a black exploitation film and he's gonna work with dracula to end slavery but then he ends up getting turned into a vampire and he comes back two years late like 200 years later or something we're gonna have to watch it at some point yes definitely wow I have, is, is that for your MVP? Mm-hmm. I have honorable mention Florence Stoker, the widow of Bram Stoker. Because yeah. if she hadn't, or what one good on her for, you know, securing that bag and being like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, that, hey, no, you can't do that because then, you know, that family got paid then with all of the other, you know, people knew, oh, you can't just go out and make anything Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity uh-huh. using that Dracula name. Like, we're coming after you. But then also, it gave Nosferatu this sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of put it on its map and then it made it difficult, harder. So that supply and demand kind of thing of like, uh-huh. oh, wait, they don't want, they destroyed all this. They don't want you to see it. And so then it gives that a great life. I want to shout out Murnau, Grau, and Wagner because shout the visuals out. are great on this. Yep. Max Shrek. I mean, he was so good. He had people thinking that he was a real-life vampire exactly. in real life. Exactly. But I, my real MVP of this film, and it might be a hot take, I guess. We'll see. It's Ellen. She read the book. She figured out how to stealth the vampire, yeah. and she well, sacrificed herself. She was that's like, guys, I, let, let this neck take care of everything. It's going <laughs> to be so sweet. He's not going to realize that the sun is out. He's going to walk by that window, and poof, you're welcome. And also, it gets me out of this horrendous marriage to this nincompoop 
This <laughs> idiot. This idiot. I, I can't stand it. He makes me stay with these other people when he's out. He's he's dumb. So that's it. Well done. Bravo, I say. So our last thing today is recasting. I did count the count, Hutter, Butter, Gutter, and Gunter and Ellen. Yeah, that's what I did. I did. What? Yeah, I sure did. I did one. Go, Teeny! Oh my God! You guys can go first. Okay, I'll go, I'll go with uh, my Ellen. Is Anya Taylor Joy, the Queen's Game? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. And so she also, was actually attached to do a remake because they there have always been talks of doing a remake. I don't know how you would do them, but everybody always thinks they can. And she was most recently attached to it. Interesting. I did not know that ahead of time. Now, her co-star in The Queen's Gamut was Harry Melling. Mm-hmm. And he is my hutter, butter, gutter. Ah, uh, yes, I could see that. Yeah, because he, he kind of looks uh, a little doofusy. And so I have two different counts. Okay. I, I started with Adrian Brody. Oh, that would be a good one. And then I also thought of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I was yeah, he would be a good count. That's good. I did my hutter was Tom Hiddleston, because the guy that played him reminded me of him. So Loki. In the yeah, but he's movies. so pretty. Okay. But throw, throw on a, is he going to have dark hair or is he going to be blonde? Well, I was reimagining it in black and white, so he would just have the weird wig. I was just imagining a oh, bad okay. wig on him. So okay. That wig on him would yeah, lessen his appeal. Okay. Yeah. My Ellen is Cersei Ronin. Yeah. Yeah, she and can do anything, truth be told. My Orlock... I went with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Hmm. Thought he might be an interesting, like, like get some prosthetics on him and stuff. Yeah, and he could be like pretty creepy. I think. Yeah, but in a with a with a different tone to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just really hard. And then my second cast is just it's it was already a cast, but I just wanted to uh, point it out that the cast for. Shadow of a Vampire, the film that we mentioned. Murnau mm-hmm. is played by John Malkovich. Hutter mm-hmm. is played by Eddie Izzard. <gasps> what? Yeah. I love me, Eddie Izzard. I do. Catherine McCormick plays Ellen. And <laughs> to me, it was very hard for me to do the recasting because this guy, then I was like, yeah, that would be who would play him. Um, Count Orlock, so Max Shrek is played in the, that film by Willem Dafoe. Yeah, because, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch that movie because I, I watched it the first time and I hadn't seen what it was based on. So Excellent. TV? Yeah, Willem Dafoe, come on. Mine? Yes. I did an Always Sunny in Philadelphia recasting. Oh my God. 
My Ellen is Caitlin Olson. Sweet D. My Hooter is Dennis Glenn Howerton. Yes. My Although Cal- it's awkward though, because they are brother and sister in Sunny. Well, well they their marriage it. was awkward anyway. Yeah, true, I mean, true. she has and to be German. innocent. Yeah. I mean, hey, Ma. Maybe that's why they haven't your, sealed the deal yeah. yet. What was your mother's maiden name? No, don't. We're not going into that, Karen. <laughs> People will misunderstand. Count Orlock, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie Day is Count Orlock. And then my knock is Danny DeVito. Has to be. That's <laughs> so be. good. Yeah. Oh, well done. I'm surprised they haven't done that. I know. Perfect. When they do that next season, we'll know why. Yeah. We'll be like, it happened again. Mm -hmm. Again with Gone with the Bushes. Well, I didn't know what to expect. And I did go into it a little frightened because I'm not a horror film person, but I thoroughly enjoyed one hour and one and a half hours of this was thoroughly enjoying. And it went it was. fast. Yeah. It yeah. really moved. If you didn't have to stop and rewind to write down title cards, it's going to go even faster. Mm-hmm. I think I highly recommend watching this. Yeah. Oh, Especially for spooky season. Spooky <laughs> season. Make yourself a nice cocktail. If, if you choose to, you don't have to. And then just like have at it. Have some fun. Have some fun. Even um, children, I don't think it's too scary for children. No, bring no. your kids into it. Let them watch yeah. it. Yeah, if you, uh, yeah, you read them the title cards, but keep it light and fun. And I mean, dude, with the Tommy ears, come on. And then they can be Dracula for Halloween. Exactly. Yeah, and something else that I was thinking about this movie is how it's just so giffy. I, I think that, oh, that, yeah. that young people could really, really like mm-hmm. the scenes where he throws down the book, like everything of the silent film, it's just like, I think that there's an interesting correlation there between yeah. how we do the memes and all of that stuff. And there were so many memes, so many of that feeling wins that I was watching this, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if the kids would be super turned off by this or if they would get into it if they're just like oh this is just memes and gifts and stuff exactly mm-hmm. exactly present it that way instead of here is a classic film and yeah yeah I, I it's a great Halloween type time film mm-hmm. so next week was it my turn yeah Oh. oh, all right. Well, I am going, I'm doing a sequel to Dracula. No. Oh, okay. The sequel to a film we did last year. The, is it scary? It's, I don't know how scary it is, but it's definitely in the spooky season. It's in the spooky season, so it's, it's in the spooky season. Rob Zombie. No, it's old timey, so it's in with our uh, stand in the past. It's 1935. 1935. Mm. We did something last year. Mm-hmm. And she's doing a sequel to and it. And it's one of those sequels that gets mentioned a lot of Frank and Young Frankenstein. 
No, but you're on the right track. Frankenstein's wife. Yes, the Bride, Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. Look at you guessing a movie. I know. It's available on Peacock to stream. Oh. So I thought, because it's got, um, oh, I forget her last name, Eliza, Eliza Lancaster. She's Wait, the Bride no. of Frankenstein. Elsa, Elsa, Elsa Lancaster. Yes. Yes. Hmm? She was in, because she's the wife of Charles Lawton. Yes. And she yes. was in a movie that, that we did with him. Yes. And she is the Bride of Frankenstein. And this is one of those movies where they say, it's in the list of, is this sequel better than the original? Oh. So the Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, Frankenstein, not Steen. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed our Nosferatu episode. And meet us back next week for The Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. Bye. Bye.